Nicht I love gold so much that I even lost my genitalia in an unfortunate smelting accident. Hence the name Goldman. I love that it glows. <laughs> Not only is it gold, but it's also glowing. <laughs> uh, welcome to Shaking That Stir, the definitive James Bond movie podcast, bringing together four totally unqualified idiots together to bring set the most successful and influential franchise in the cinema history. Each episode will focus on, uh, sorry friends, my YouTube video is continuing to play. Either way, we're here, we're stupid, we're talking about James Bond. Yeah, you gotta love that it's glowing, right? Yeah, amazing. A fun fact that I found, originally, the original book character, Goldfinger, was based on somebody that Fleming knew, a guy named Erno Goldfinger. Erno hated the portrayal of the character that he threatened to sue Fleming over the name of the character. So Fleming decided... You know, that he would let that guy, he basically was like, look, if, you, if I change the name of the character, will you drop the lawsuit? And the guy agrees to drop the lawsuit. So he goes to the publisher and says, all right, well, now we're going to name the, uh, we're going to name the character Gold Prick now. And the guy got so pissed off, he walked away from the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, gentlemen, good to see you. We're here to talk about possibly one of the best of the entire series here, uh, Goldfinger. Gentlemen, hellos, opening thoughts. Good to be back for, uh, you know, now the third installment of uh, the Shaking Not Stirred pod. Excited to get into this one. Goldfinger is uh, one of my favorites. Again, another favorite of mine. Happy to rewatch this movie as many times as I want. In fact, it's on right now, so I can never get enough of Goldfinger. Yeah, it's got everything, man. It's got the evil villain. It's got uh, the song and it's got pussy. Yeah, definitely has pussy. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of pussy, since you brought it up, it's a great transition, by the way. Thank you very much. Apparently, in all of the movie promotions, Honor Blackman loved the character's name so much because it made interviewees so uncomfortable. She would actually challenge herself to try to say the name of the character as many times in TV promotion interviews as possible to make the interviewer squirm on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, a couple of quick notes. Once again, uh, Harry Saltzman, Cubby Broccoli, pushing us through here. Original book by Ian Fleming. Um, our, our screenwriter, Richard Maybaum, is back. The new partner by the name of Paul Denon. Uncredited, Joanna Hardwood. Um, obviously, as you boys remember, Maybaum and Hardwood have done the uh, screen, have done all of the screenplays up until this point. Um, however, we get our first new director to the mix. British director Guy Hamilton joins us, gives us a little bit of a, a different view. Taking a quick look back, December 22nd, 1964, New York Times Review, hated it, um, as they seem to have with every James Bond movie. They took a giant dump on this. So 007 is slipping, or rather his screenwriters are. They are involving him more with gadgets and less with girls. This is tediously apparent in Goldfinger. So uh, reviews didn't like this one. Um, I vehemently disagree. Fuck you, New York Times. I think this one is a top five, probably a top three in my book. Overall thoughts, boys, jump in uh, on overall on the plot. Go ahead, I think, it's at, I think it's at the gold standard. Like, pun intended, it had everything you want in a James Bond movie, in any movie in general. Even Bond fans, they watch this movie. Everybody loves it, except for the New York Times, apparently. Talking overall plot here, Goldfinger here, trying to contaminate the Fort Knox gold supply is just madmen brilliant. 
not only is he he's just trying to you know make himself wealthy because he wants his gold to to be the standard around the world he's also just plummeting the united states yeah and he's going into fort knox which is like the most heavily guarded protected area probably in our country right now um and it's like you said man it's brilliant like it's nothing like no kind of easy scheme it's actually well thought out brilliant plan also goldfinger he's got like a little mafia thing going i don't know if y'all have seen that or i don't yeah, know he's got the members of the mafia coming to visit him yeah I mean, he's, he's obviously well connected there he's like, like a god i mean but you got the members of the mafia but you also got like strange chinese connections right and we can dive into a little bit more on the villain side of this thing but the general plot of it is is brilliant, right? Spectre doesn't even exist. The movie itself stands alone. You've mm -hmm. got you've got what is probably the 1960s equivalent of a billionaire with legitimate businesses, but also you know is trying to completely manipulate the competitive marketplace to make him the gold standard. Pun pun intended. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I I love that they uh, they finally shed the the Spectre villain at this one and and let Ari Goldfinger just stand alone. They could have easily tried to tie him in at some point, some sort of loose connection, but they didn't even they didn't even go for that, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, he's probably my favorite villain. We'll get into that later, but his screen time on this pretty much matches James Bond if there's not more than Goldfinger than it is James Bond in this movie. I don't know the actual screen time minutes, but man, he's on there a lot. Speaking of James Bond, what do we think about uh, Connery's third uh, performance? All right, I'll start. I liked. Connery's performance here. I think it was a little less classic than his Dr. No One from Russia with Love performances. I think some of his attire changed up a little bit. He wasn't classic black and white tuck. In the opening sequence, you see him in a tux, but throughout most of the uh, the film, he's, uh, he's casual casual clothes or even just like um, a casual suit, not even in a tux. I mean, if we're going to break into the attire, though, can we talk about the fact that He's got the blue fluffy romper being invented here. What yep. the fuck yep. is that? Yep. Um, I mean, even around the pool, you know, like some of the some of the attire just in general around the pool is great. Some of the swimsuits at that time were just epic. I'm going to stand for him. I think he's pulling it off. Oh, look, I, I think it's brilliant. But I'm not saying, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm very confused by it. Like, let me get out of my full screen here. I think... I think my note on this, I gave him an 8.0. I can't tell if I should give him gains or losses for inventing the fuzzy blue romper. I, I think this is a tale of two movies, right? I think there's a lot of like interesting things that happen, right? For for Bond here, pre-credit sequence is fantastic, right? Bond surfaces out of the water wearing a, uh, a snorkel that has a, a water bird on it, pops over the wall, blows up some drug dealer's lair using... Silly putty, mashed potatoes, cookie dough. I don't really know what the hell it is, but apparently it works. Drops the wetsuit, has the white dinner jacket underneath. You get into a couple of the great chase scenes in the early part. And then as soon as he gets to Kentucky, Bond doesn't really... He gets caught. He lurks. He gets caught again. He's kind of just hanging around. He's messing with guards through the bars. I feel like the second half of the movie was a lot more lackluster for for him, but, but I thought it was probably one of his better performances as Bond so far. I scored it an 8.5, and I agree with you there. While he's in Kentucky, he doesn't really do much of anything besides just be a guest of Goldfinger at that point, unwillingly, but I'm, a part of me thinks that he enjoys just being there. He makes a few jokes, obviously, around some of the other characters in the, uh, in the film, but 
back to Trey's point where Goldfinger and him might have had the same amount of screen time, I think Goldfinger kind of had a better performance in this one. So gave him an 8.5, which is the lowest uh, bond performance from the three so far, but still pretty high. I like how he just like made do with what he had when he was captured. He was able to escape spy, pass along the note to uh, the late Mr. Solo, and he had a good time at the ranch. He had a mint julep, met Pussy Galore, and he was able to convince her to, you know, switch out the nerve gas. I had him at a 10. Um, I agree with you, Sue. If I had him at 9.5, all the reasons why DJ didn't care for it, I loved it. I liked the white uh, dinner jacket. I like the red uh, little rose on it. The three-piece uh, suit I loved when he was in the airplane. His Even his golf attire. His golf attire was just tops. <laughs> the, the sweater vest, the slacks. And, and while he was in Kentucky, the scene while he's in the cell, and he's going back and forth waving at the, the guard. Oh, and then, yeah, he breaks out. I, I think that's absolutely hilarious. And he's not getting any help because everyone thinks, because he's James Bond, everyone thinks he's doing just fine. Because they see him like from a distance, just hanging out with Pussy Galore, making love to her in the barn. No, oh, he's he's just James Bond. He's oh, he's gonna be okay. Yeah, I mean that was that was Felix. Felix, yeah. just like oh yeah, like at one point he's actually quoted. He's like oh that's my James. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> walking hand in hand yeah. with Pussy Galore. He's like oh he's he's just he's a guest. He's that's happy my James. That's my James. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get back to your uh, your assertion of him making love with Lord because I'm I'm a hundred percent sure in twenty twenties eyes James Bond just raped somebody. So. Might have been yep. forced. Yep. Yeah. I did been. like yeah there's clearly, clearly not like somehow apparently in the nineteen sixties world of James Bond, non consensual sex takes somebody that is supposedly a lesbian and makes them heterosexual. So that's probably the real I mean that's that that's the real majesty of this uh you know of this movie. That's the real thing that nobody realizes. But uh, Trey mentioned it too, the airplane scene where he was looking for the cameras, like, now yeah. I do that in hotel rooms with the shaving cream on the mirror. On the mirror. Yeah. And it was great. So funny So funny fact about this one, right? So this is Connery's third. So this is the, the first movie that Connery started wearing a toupee as Yikes. Yeah. So he apparently, he, was, he began balding at 21. So they used to have little, they, they, they did some different tricks in the first two where they would spray and do it, but it got so thin. That Connery actually wore a toupee for this one, and obviously wore a toupee for the for the other two. Now, look, I didn't notice at all, so you know, God bless movie making. I would have never known unless I looked the fact up. Man, you should have got that white cream from China, like George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's move on to Mr. Orc Goldfinger here. I honestly, I mean, I think we covered a little bit of it. He's he's just the goat. He had a brilliant plan. Uh, he's got a whole crew. The but the takeaway that I have that I'll probably have different takes than most is just the scene where he's like unveiling his plan to like all these like mob bosses <laughs> and that scene in particular and i guess we can kind of mold this into the quotes the things that they were saying absolutely hilarious these wise guys hey yeah turn the lights back on hey what's wrong with the pool table <laughs> and, and the floor starts to move hey what is this a merry-go-round that was that scene in particular was probably my favorite in the whole movie that whole like room he has there i mean his his hideout in Kentucky is fantastic. Sick. It's fantastic. It's yeah. like a Godfather Manor. And they didn't even utilize the resources. No. Totally underutilized. Yeah, you would think a bunch of mob guys getting together in Kentucky. Goldfinger's gonna be put on his own races or something, you know? Every day at Goldfinger's didn't have that at all. But anyway, for, for villain, I mean I gave him a nine point five. Again, 
quote unquote gold standard of Bond villain. He's tons of FaceTime, good banter back and forth with Bond, classic plan. You know, Operation Grand Slam is a great name for the plan as well. Listen, can we talk about his vehicle? You know, the gold Rolls Royce. Dope. It's dope. He's got he's got a sick plane, a sick car. And he's a cheater. He's a big cheater. He's a huge cheater. Guy hates to lose. He hates to lose. He's cheating in golf. He's cheating in poker. He just stinks at everything. He just cheats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you got you to love it. I gave him a 9.5, but just, you know, I probably should have given him a 10. By far the best Bond villain of all time. No question there. You got to love it. I think I said this is part of the plot, right? There's no affiliation with Spectre. This is a guy totally operating on his own. He's got contacts with China. He's manipulating the mafia and he's trying to change the world global gold market just out of pure greed. Uh, you got to love it. It's fantastic. It takes Bond out to play golf at a golf course that he actually owns. The guy doesn't have to do anything himself. He's got an odd job. We'll, we'll get into him. This is the one I thought was most interesting. Gert Frobe, who plays Goldfinger, Eastern European actor. So apparently they dubbed over every single one of his lines. So it's actually a British actor, Michael Simmons, I think is his name, who actually delivered every single line. There's not a single line. Goldfinger actually delivers all of his lines in the movie when they filmed it in German and they dubbed it over in English after the fact. <laughs> Um, which, which makes it really funny because in the beginning of the movie, right, when they're talking about going to figure out about Mr. Goldfinger, like, I don't know if Money Penny was drunk when she wrote her notes, but like, they say that he's British. Like, he does not sound British. He does not look British. There is nothing British about Oracle. He was yeah. from Latvia, not Holland. Um, <laughs> the other part, too, is I mentioned a little bit just the banter and the FaceTime with Bond, but I kind of scored this with quotes portion of it, but that interaction with the laser scene that is right behind you was epic. That is a legendary Bond quote there, delivered by Goldfinger. Or so we thought. Well, so we thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we um, thought. Apparently it was not. Yeah, the, the whole, you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goldfinger! Also, another reason to really love Goldfinger is one of the world's famous trap DJs. I love, love that that background music is uh, Bangarang, by the way. Also, I had, had to share that one. So talking about his lair, and it was just too good not to share. Yeah, that scene in general with just the fucking crazy lights and the mafia guys just dying, you know, instantly and like they're shrieking. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we'll jump to it a little later. I scored death scenes three in this movie because, I mean, they are awful. All of a sudden they get they gas the room and lights are flying and people are just falling all over the place. And I saw an interview where the actor who played Goldfinger, he's really German and he had mixed feelings about them using gas to kill people in this movie. Yikes. Wow. But he didn't have a problem of Bond tempting him with a Nazi gold bar? Yeah. I mean, apparently, you know, it was so good that it made Goldfinger miss a two-foot putt. <laughs> I mean, that just comes back to him being terrible at everything and just cheating <laughs> to win. Can't cheat that putt. putt. Everybody's yeah. met a price. <laughs> yeah, so you guys got any uh, any last bits on, on Bond Villain? If you haven't shared your score, go go for it. I scored a 9.5. Just, just I went plot. 
Bond performance and Bond villain all 9.5 start out. Like his only mistake was giving away his entire plan. Other than that, he was perfect. He didn't yeah. actually give it away though. Telling the mafia boss, he didn't actually give it away to Bond per se. Bond when they were having mint juleps, he gave them. Yeah, he got a couple mint juleps in him. That that scene was. But Bond had already had a good idea. Goldfinger was like, all right, you know what? You you heard a lot, so I'll just give you the rest. <laughs> all right. On to guns, cars, and gadgets. No, we're, we got to go girl first. Oh, go girl. Even ladies? Yeah. We got to talk How'd about skip, Bond Girl. How do I skip pussy? I don't know. We got to do Bond Girl first. Uh, What a name. Possibly my favorite. The best. But wait. Who are you? Bond. James Bond. Great delivery. Fantastic delivery. What's your name? Jill. Jill who? Jill Masterson. Tell me, Jill. Why does he do it? Now, I wonder... Uh, was there really a need to introduce her name? She doesn't last very long in this movie. Could have just gone first name basis here. It was um, it was essential for the sister. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. To make the connection, so they needed to do something there to, to tie the two together. Yeah, and I feel like you got to get to know the the character because what's about to happen to her? She's about to be covered in complete gold. I mean, you you completely skipped over Bink, right? Bink. Yeah, I mean, where did, where does she go? What I don't know. She went away, and you never saw her again. You, you got a great Bond moment there. Awesome sound effect. Yeah, awesome sound effect. <laughs> you got uh, run along man talk with a swift smack on the ass, and it, it sounds like a fucking <laughs> like whip. a whip. Yeah, yeah for sure. A... Who's hotter, Jill Masterson or Pussy Galore? Uh, I'm in Jill's camp for hotness. But I think Pussy takes it overall. I would agree. But his body count was high in this movie. He had the two sisters, Bonita at the beginning. We assume Bink or Dink, whatever her name is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we're, if we're on it, we might as well. Yeah, of course. This is, this is, this is Pete Bond. It really is. Also, our third character playing Felix in three movies. The great fedora. That's nice. Very nice. <laughs> no, little Lord. I thought I'd find you in good hands. Felix. <laughs> Felix, how are you? Dink, meet Felix Leiter. Hello. Felix, say hello to Dink. Hi, Dink. Dink, say goodbye to Felix. Mm-hmm. Uh, man talk. He, he turns her around. Yeah. On that. That's that's the that's the wildest part of it. His body count is high on this one. Low low body count for kills, high for slaying. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think Jill. I'm going for Jill. I like Jill as well. We see more of her. Jill was a baddie. She was just as willing to help Goldfinger cheat, you know? Yeah. Basically a paid escort is what she said. To get seen in public with him, it was, she's just living the escort life. Yeah, she's an Instagram model in the 60s. Yeah, she, yep. she, she's totally somebody that would have gone to the fire Festival. She is an Instagram influencer. Go go in the Gastonbury, absolutely, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. But she's a pretty girl who should have beware his heart of gold. Yeah. Now, if, yeah. I can, if I can find the scene, he, he brings Miss Jill Masterson back. Obviously, we get the scene where Oddjob sneaks up and backhand chops him. Did anybody notice, though, the different years of Dom Perignon? He takes a total backhanded slap at the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I was going to I was gonna wait for the quote section, but I mean that's a that's a great quote too, talking about the temperature yeah. of of the oh, champagne. Great dramatic From the clouds, she drops a uh, a Randy Savage elbow on the Beatles. Yeah, 
amazing. We're we're diverting here. We got yeah, we're, we're all, gotta focus all, on the Bond girl here. Yeah, the the wheels are off the bus right now. Supol, to your earlier point, it actually is Bond's highest body count to date. By the way, sixty no sixty two in this movie. Wow, sixty two kills. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's well, it's it's sixty two deaths seen on screen is is how the yeah. body count is being. You know, not all of them obviously are Bond. We've got we've got a body count of sixty two right now. But anyway, I mean, we got to talk more about pussy. Pussy is the Bond girl in the film. You know, there were some other outsiders that flirt with it, but she is the Bond girl. Great name, first of all. Pussy galore. Think about how many times Bond is just, oh, hello, pussy. You know, the delivery there, too, in all their conversations is amazing. Because she has such a great name, Connery's scripted to, to use it often. And then she's got the entire flying circus. She's an excellent pilot. You know, knows some, some judo. You know, was able to tussle around with Bond before... Uh, he forced himself on her in that in that yarn, uh, the barn scene. My name is Pussy Galore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even Bond can't take it seriously. His amp chandeliers. I must be dreaming. How many times do you think she had to deliver that line without laughing before they actually got it on camera? Or how many times did he have to hear that line? He was already <laughs> laughing. He's he smirks, you know, like there's a there's a lot of good play on words, which I would say boosted his performance as Bond. Yeah, but Pussy Galore, she got an 8.5 for me. I thought excellent, excellent Bond girl there. I had her at a 9.0, the best so far. Awesome, certified badass, accomplished pilot. But the generic bad girl turned good, so a little hard on that. Got the magic stick, man, just turns them. I, I agree, yeah. According to the books, she was a lesbian. And Bond turns her straight. Apparently, after attempted rape her in the barn. Let's not drag James Bond or confirmed rape. What do we do? We know for a fact that was it a rape? I mean, I cringed a little while watching it. I mean, it's it's. I would not classify it as consensual in any way, shape, or form in the beginning. We're just assuming that this happened. But yeah, if there were any anything happening there, hundred percent non-consensual. At first, at first, at first, right. Yeah, it looked like to to Bonds to Stan Bond. It looked like afterwards, whatever happened before. I'm not gonna say, but whatever happened afterwards, she seemed into it. I mean, she she's one of the, she's one she's one of the best. I gave this one a seven point five. I think I was lower than you guys. I, I I thought obviously you had bad girl turned good and pussy galore, but then you also had. I deducted a couple of points for her because her flying circus actually were packing meat and potatoes. Half of the uh, half of the pussy galore flying circus was actually dude, so I had to deduct a couple of points off of that. Um, I, I also thought there was just a lot of random other women in here, right? You had Jill Masterton, you brought Tilly Masterton, who tries to kill Bond, who was Odd Job's first victim. It was kind of all over the place. You don't get the the penultimate Bond gal until about halfway through the movie. Still one of the best. I was a little lower than you guys. I gave it a seven five. It's like the statue's head got cut off by Hodja, but when uh, Tilly got hit by the hat, she just fell over. <laughs> yeah, God. I mean, was was it a sharp hat? Did it just slice like a saw straight through that statue? Like what? What was Maybe up with that? Maybe freaking no. Listen, I gave I gave Pussy a nine point She she's the only Bond girl this far to have her own posse. She literally has her own posse going on. Pussy's posse, yeah. We didn't, fail, posse. we didn't fail to mention one badass woman, the little granny with the machine gun who popped out. <laughs> okay, okay. I was saving that for the chase scene. 
Yeah, that is. We'll save that for that, but we got to factor yeah. into a bottle. Uh, before yeah, you know what? She might have to. So actually, one of the funny facts that I had found. So obviously, the famed director Alfred Hitchcock actually goes on record and says his favorite scene of the entire movie is when Granny comes out with the machine gun and just starts unloading rounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, just some old German lady just packing. Yeah, I'm assuming she's German. Oh well, they were they were in Switzerland, so you have no idea. Right. True. And by Switzerland, that was actually the guard. That was actually the guard house of Pinewood Studios in London. That's where they filmed that chase scene. Yeah, back to the Bond thing. I read that uh, Sean Connery did not set foot in the great U.S. of A. at all for filming this movie. No, no, it was out there. The Kentucky scenes were filmed outside in Scotland. Yeah, nice. Any last last bits on on our Bond girl scores? No, good. No. No, so when we get into henchman chase scenes, quotes, I think we'll start really delving into the movie. So we'll just run through the mechanics up front. Well, yeah, we got guns, cars, gadgets. Yeah, our first look into actual Q branch, I feel like. You saw some bulletproof vest. You got the Ashton Martin. That solidifies as the James Bond car. Ashton Martin was sick. Hooked up machine guns, oil slicks, ejector seats. Yep. Like, you're getting a real step up in class here. Where do you classify the Aston Martin? Do you classify it as a gun gadget, or do we classify it as a supporting cast member for this movie? Because it has almost the same amount of screen time as Bond, and in fact, I think it does more than Bond. Well, movie. it also gives them away, doesn't it? I mean, this is what Goldfinger says, like, oh, you just you got this car out there. You're not just James Bond, you're 007. Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a 9.0. On, on guns, cars, gadgets, this is by far one of the best. You get obviously the beginning of the real banter between him and Q. But, I mean, we get a car that's got everything, right? It's got oil, it's got machine guns, it's got ejector seats, it's got all all this crazy shit going on with it. I gave it a 7.5. I I think, like Trey said, the uh, the Aston Martin becomes an iconic Bond car at this point. This was the first time it, it was here. Like you said, you know, Q stepped up his game on this one. Outfitted that car with anything he needed. You got the spikes coming out of the tires to wreck Tilly. You know, even even the tracking. Can we talk about that Tilly scene for a second? Because, so obviously Bond, you know, retracts the little claw, blows out both of her tires. They pull over, they have a conversation. Now, she's freaking out about, I mean, I've, I've had a tire blowout once before, but the odds of having a double tire blowout simultaneously, that's what she's freaking out about. Except for the fact that the entire whole side of her car is completely, the metal's just totally chewed out. Like, before, before that, these things are before that, b- before that, she takes a shot at Goldfinger, misses terribly, almost hits Bond. Then she's like, well, okay, I'll leave. Yeah. And she goes to leave, and then it's the worst getaway ever. Yep. And then, and then just randomly gets into Bond's car and is like, oh, yeah, those are my ice skates. Like, oh, I didn't just recognize you down there. I almost shot you. That's why she was a B-sister. I don't know if you, Mike, uh, had the fact about Aston Martin originally not wanting to be part of the movie. Is that in your notes? Yeah. Aston Martin was reluctant to be a part of the series. What ended up happening, obviously, they ended up, like, Aston Martin agreed, but they made the Bond company, the production company, buy two Aston Martins. Now, obviously, following that, Aston Martin becomes a global brand. Immediately following the movie, Aston Martin's sales went up. 50% and for a company that sells luxury cars that's massive the lotus i guess from one of the later movies had the same thing happen and after and, and after after uh goldfinger aston martin immediately became part of the bond family and they just give them cars at this point but they were actually reticent to be involved in yeah just to wrap up my rating i gave it an 8.5 it's got like dj said it's got all the works man the revolving license plate 
oil slicks, ejector seat, bulletproof glass, and freaking radar that displays a freaking map on it. Has a map on. That's like that's the original GPS. I had it at an 8.0. You mentioned the license plate. I like how Q was like, we have every country's license plate. They show three. <laughs> Come on. So there's a funny fact about it. So at, they added the revolving license plate afterwards because the director guy Hamilton got so angry about how many times he would get parking tickets outside of the lot. He basically had the props guys come up with a rotating one for his car so he wouldn't get tickets while filming, and they added it to the Aston Martin later in the movie. Wow, that's a good one. I mean, and then obviously the license plate, Goldfinger's Rolls-Royce is, you know, his is periodic table symbol for gold. Obviously, they really dug into that one. You really got to love to have just like melting his car down and turning it into gold bars to ship it. I mean, that's, it's so bad. Yeah, solid. Uh, supporting cast. Supporting cast, henchmen, MI6, branch, odd job. Odd job man. Epic henchman. I know. think he's the GOAT. I think he's the best. He, he doesn't speak. He's got a funny name. He's got a quirk. He's throwing his boulder hat, and, you know, he's insanely strong. He knocks out, gives a judo chop to James Bond, knocks him out. Yep. Cheats at golf, just like Goldfinger. Dedicated. 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 Think, about, think about how smooth that, that move was, though by the way, like just dropping the golf ball out of his pants yeah. falls right down to his foot. It's like, he's done it once or twice before, you know, for sure. I love when he crushes the golf ball in his hand. Yeah. The, uh, the end of it just destroys yep. it. That's yeah. more impressive than any half throw was him crushing that golf ball. Super strength, man. That's it. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, how many times does he get hit in the chest and just like doesn't flinch? He also oh, in, the, in, the, in the final scene, Biden launches a gold brick off him. He just bounces it off. Like it's nothing. Yep. Nothing. He pulls the hit. Shoots that guy, one of the mob guys, and then actually carries out the hit, crushes the car, brings it back for golfing. He killed Tilly. He, his body count yeah. was pretty high. Yep, for that, sure. That poor statue. I'm sure he's a 5.0 on the Uber rating, like driving those curvy roads up in Switzerland. Well, yeah. I mean, he was a good enough driver that Goldfinger was able to sleep in the backseat. You know, you saw him dozing off. Ah. Our yeah. job's got to be like the GOAT ultimate Frisbee player. Oh, got to be. Oh. Good point. He can he can launch that thing, man. Oh, he's yeah. got to be he's got to be a top three frisbee golf player in the world. No I'll even take him in Can Jam. The happy, happy Gilmore equivalent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, awesome. the accuracy is is amazing. And I mean, let's talk about that hat. Is it sharp? What's it filled with? Is he, he's wearing around this heavy ass hat all the time? Like, what's well, it's, got the, it's got the metal brim. Yeah, it's got it's got to be some kind of metal. Now it can't be lead because he ultimately dies from electrocution, and lead doesn't take that. So it's got to be some kind of metal. Has to. Be. You see it when it flips over. You see the metal. Yeah. Right. But how heavy do we think this hat is? You know, it's, that heavy. Heavy. it's heavy enough to kill people. I'm just shocked it wasn't like gold plated. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna say I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it didn't have any gold in it. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's heavy enough to kill someone, but he's wearing that around on a daily basis. Like, he's got a strong-ass neck, I guess, you know, like, holding up that heavy weight on his head. But I gave um, a 7.5 for this. I thought, I actually thought Felix was really weak in this one. Again, a new Felix actor, but, you know, I don't think he was really integral to what was happening. He, again, he was just like, oh, that's my boy James. You would think, oh, maybe, maybe I should help him out instead of just sitting back and letting him struggle over there he's just sitting there with his binoculars looking in the property like he's got to be doing something more than that and he's not very conspicuous either like he's right at the fence line with these everyone sees him yeah they see him it's not like they're being hidden or anything yeah and, and call him out also yeah 
I think this one's also a stinker for M and for Money Penny, right? They play almost no role in this movie at all. There's really nothing that, you know, there's really nothing that MI6 is really doing in this one. This one's all Bond in the field. I like that though. I, I didn't deduct points because of that. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't deduct points for it. I, I gave. I, I gave the cast and the henchmen an eight point um, on this one. Um, I, I thought they really drove a lot of the movie. Now, where I did bump a little was, and I can't remember the name. The name of the mafia guy that decides to leave and gets ultimately crushed in the car. Mister Solo. Mister Solo. I don't have no idea why. Solo. I don't know why we dedicated. Why did we dedicate seven full minutes to him driving in a car and then being crushed and then being driven back? That's the thing I don't know. Like, this guy got so much fucking screen time. Another random person I loved along the way, Hawker. I had it in an 8.0, 8.5 just because of the caddy. And yeah. I fun fact about that. He was uh, Ian Fleming's personal caddy in life. Yeah. And because of that, he gave him the movie role. So I thought that was a great little tidbit of hooking up a buddy of yours. He was he was good in the small amount of screen time that he had. Yeah. Was, uh, his banter back and forth with Bond was was perfect. My God, actor. How do you know? Because I haven't. Yeah, I don't know if I gave my rate. I gave it a nine point I think Odd Job is, if not maybe Jaws, but if Jaws is fall in love, that's another uh, discussion for later. But I think uh, Odd Job is the goat and the lady, the old lady, the old granny. I, I factored her in that as well. The old granny is great. Let's talk about the opening. Let's talk about that whole opening scene. And then let's talk about the song in the opening credits. So I know we talked a little bit about it, but Bond, obviously, we open up James Bond coming out on a dock with some type of water bird on his head. Very strange. All of a sudden has a grappling hook that just disappears. I mean, the, the whole opening scene, while exciting, is kind of all over the place. Listen, the, the grappling hook was amazing. It's like it shot up from like someone off screen, just like threw it up there. The shot goes off, he, he shoots it. And then you just see the rope a few seconds later just you know, get up there. And my guess is they probably just filmed it in reverse. And it was like the rope was coming from off the roof. But it, it, it looked so ridiculous. Like the opening scene did not have much to do with the overall plot, which kind of hurt it for me. But it was enjoyable. Some great one-liners. The bathtub kill was great. The Pillsbury Doe C4. Eh. I mean, the bathtub kill is, is good. But... Does anybody gonna believe that you can see him like catch the henchman out of the reflection of this girl's eye? Get the fuck out of here! Hey, Austin Powers did it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's an international <laughs> man of mystery. <laughs> and almost the same thing—that's shot for shot, like turning the girl over. Yeah. <laughs> Inspiration. Uh, we just missed the machine gun and bazookas. Yeah. <laughs> machine gun uh, jubblies. I mean, that that's, Great Halloween costume. That takes us into uh, it takes us into the famed John Barry orchestrated song. All of a sudden, it kicks in this huge brass overture, leads us into the you know, the probably. I mean, look, I think this one's controversial. Depends if you like this style of music or not. But I mean, I'm I'm a top five for this one for for song. I think this one's up there. The opening credits don't do much for me, right? Random reflections on gold bodies, but I think the song really drives it and saves it. I'll agree with you, Mike. I think the the song saved my score. I I scored it an eight overall. I was not a fan of the opening sequence. Had no relation whatsoever to the movie. I do like the opening credits. I think the uh, the gold painted body is a good touch. 
the song is just iconic. I, I would agree with you that it, it probably flirts with my top five as well. The song falls at number two for me overall. The intro was great. The opening I was not a fan of without the song. I'd probably be a seven for the opening, but I ended up with a ten just because how much I love the song. I would have went higher if we That's were allowed to go past ten. Seven to ten. Oh, I mean, no, I, I went nine. I think I was a little high. Wow. If we take out the song in the video, I'm not at a ten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, so, so if you got it at ten, but it's not your number one song, that's another day. <laughs> okay. It's Madonna. Okay. <laughs> Golden Gun. Huge Madonna fan. <laughs> yeah, I, y'all pretty much covered everything. I gave it a nine point one. Love the song. I actually didn't mind the opening sequence as much. I, I liked how he came out of the water. Perfectly dry with that suit. <laughs> Pulls the wetsuit off. He's got the dinner jacket on underneath. Dinner jacket, man. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm a fan. My my only bone. Look, I think it's a it's an unbelievable sequence. My only bone. My only bone of contention is that it is just it has no purpose for anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there there's just so much ridiculousness that happens in this opening sequence. Listen, I love that white coat. That's what I wore on my uh, junior prom. I wore a white coat because of that dinner jacket. Now, once again, now, so for the third movie in a row, we get Bond's stunt double, Bob Simmons, once again delivering the gun barrel sequence. He stinks. Thanks. Um, terrible. I mean, that, that weird jump thing he does. Positively shocking. I mean, so uh, moving on to... Uh, some of the great things in here, right? Let's talk about some of the better uh, chase fight sequences. Now, can we talk about those? More importantly, so you catch this guy lurking, and you've been chasing him, right? He's been using his gizmo. Why do you let him drive his car? You know he's got a pick out car. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't want to make any sense of a joke, so I'm going to Listen, I love that, Granny, but the ejector seat, I, I'm guessing we're presuming that he's dead. The guy who dies by ejector seat? Yeah, yeah. you have to. Hilarious. That's a hilarious death. Listen, it, is Machine Gun Granny Goldfinger's mother? She just this random old lady living on the property uh, that he's got here? Like, she's what's got a little weight in her face, maybe. Swiss smelting plant? Yeah, who knows? She's got to be somebody's grandma. She, she's, she's, clearly, not somewhere. she's clearly stocked well. She's got a machine gun in the house. Willingly uses it. Maybe the crazy aunt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there's a relation there to Goldfinger. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe trying to protect the family money, man. Maybe going back on maybe some quick fact about the movie. Maybe it's actual Goldfinger's, the guy who plays Goldfinger's actual mom. Maybe. Who knows? She looks German enough to me. Yeah. I gave those, you know, I gave them a 6.5. I, I love the chase, the multiple chase sequences with the car. I still don't understand how you let this guy get back in his own vehicle and drive it when you know it's got gadgets and gizmos. The, the part that bumps for me is 
all of a sudden he turns the corner, sees Amira, and drives into the wall and knocks himself out. That one was kind of a lackluster finish to a pretty good sequence. Yeah, the chase scenes and the fight scenes here went into my score. The vault fight, I really enjoyed. Vault fight's great. As you mentioned, there's multiple good chases with the SMR, and I include the one where he's kind of drag racing with Tilly up the mountain in that yeah. as well. I thought that was a pretty cool chase scene. I really, I really like the Fort Knox fight scenes. Put that in there. I, I give it an eight for uh, the chase and fight scenes. I love in the in the in the, in the Fort Knox fight sequences. And, but all of a sudden, uh, the good guys wake up. They start storming. You gotta love that Goldfinger once again is utterly prepared for everything. Right? Loses the jacket. He's got the American military thing on. Has no problem about often this Chinese dude who he's with. Absolutely awesome. Changes the locks, closes the vault, hops in the helicopter, and is gone. Gotta love it. Once again, another reason why he's just such a good one. Everybody, everybody is expendable. And he could buy anybody he wants as well. Oh, listen, I got a, I gave it a 7.9. Kind of close to yours, DJ. I factored all of the chase scenes as well, especially the odd job fight, which we'll get into the depth later. But that's probably tops. James Bond fight that there will be. In a fact about the fight with Oddjob, I believe the actor who played Oddjob really did get burned in that scene. No way. It was on IMBD facts. It has to be true. No, no, no. You, you got it flipped. So Bond actually bruised his ribs in the fight scene. They had to delay filming for like three weeks because wow. the guy that uh, the guy that plays Odd Job, he was a, a Samoan powerlifter. Didn't know his own uh-huh. strength, and actually, I think he broke one of Connery's ribs. So it was Connery's ribs, not the terrible jumps yeah, guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was two injuries. Oh, he, hurt, he hurt his back in the fight sequence. So I'm, they had to delay the filming so he can get better. I'm looking back at my notes. Harold Sakata. Yep. Ajab severely burned his hand while reaching for his hat while filming his death scene. He was determined to do it right. So the other director just said, cut. But that's all it has. I wish there was more info. It sounded interesting, and I'd like to know more about it. Yeah, and then suppo- supposedly after the in- injury, Connery used it as a means to renegotiate his contract for the next movie. Nice. Marman. Mm-hmm. Stoop, how'd you score that one? Had a 7.0, but you guys made some good points, so I might be willing to reevaluate before submitting my final score. And listen, I would have scored mine higher. I did not like Tilly Masterson's whole getaway portion of it. I hated it, to be honest. Yeah, she's a terrible shot. She missed, and then she just casually just drives off, turns impatient when Bond gets in front of her, like she didn't just try to shoot him. I was so confused by that whole transition. On the bright side, she died just as terribly as she lived in this movie. So she gets whacked in the back of her head by a hat, and then she's dead. Yeah. What a way to go. Justice. Any last bits on the uh, the chase and fight scenes before I move on? Good. No. Did something big come up? That's what she said. <laughs> that was one of the best quotes in the movie. Something big has come up. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. Ever you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Yeah. So there was there was an actual guy underneath the table, blowtorch in that line. Wow. I'm glad he stopped. Yeah. It kind of ruins the magic a little bit. Um, but no, I think, like you said, Trey, that that's a top three Bond moment of all time and one of the most quotable, I think, in the entire series. And it wasn't even delivered by Bond, delivered by the Bond villain. But I think it's, it's arguably the best quote of the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, in, in a movie that had plenty of good quotes. I scored it a nine overall, which was 
high for me. That significant quote there, but even when we were talking about before, when Bond was talking about the Dom Perignon being above 38 degrees Fahrenheit, even just the, the quick one-liners, you know, the run-along, man talk, the shocking, simply shocking. Quotes-wise, this movie had it all. And this is the first time he orders his shaken but not stirred martini. Yeah, yeah, in the plane. In the plane. This is the first time. I um, did like the rip on the Beatles. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, to finish off DJ's quote, it says some things aren't undone, such as doing drinking Don Perignon 53 above 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's just as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> and what yeah. happened eight, nine years later? Yeah, oh, yikes. So, I mean, what does that mean? If, if, if Bond hates the Beatles, is he like, is he just like an old fashioned traditional guy? He doesn't like to be hip? I'm, I'm that, assuming, that, I'm assuming that, you're thinking at this point, it's like embarrassing to listen to the Beatles because like you have to be wearing headphones to listen to them. So no one knows what you're listening to under there. That's how I took the quote is it's an embarrassment to listen to the Beatles. But well, they sound so awful. You need earmuffs to muffle them. That too. That's how I took it. They stink so bad. You got to wear earmuffs. They stink out loud, yeah. which apparently they didn't. I mean, what? They're the most famous musical group of all time. I think you had them confused with Rascal Flats. <laughs> I like the quote, though, with uh, Joe. Uh, what was it? No, it was Tilly. You don't look like the sort of girl who should be ditched. It's just like those cheesy spur-of-the-moment one-liners that go with the current situation. There's And there's also like a lot of good play on words with Pussy Galore's name. Hello, Pussy. Yeah, like you're a woman of many parts, Pussy. <laughs> that too, that yeah. was great. <laughs> I mean, should we, should we knock into the fact that Odd Job has got so many great lines like ah and ah ah? It's like ah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's trying ah. to get his attention to cheat at golf. Yeah. I mean, when he found the ball, he's, he raised the hand. Ah, ah. ah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Morse code. Yeah. Not like, hey, Mr. Goldfinger, ball's over here. Like, <laughs> it's it's a, ah ah. And, you know, obviously Goldfinger knows exactly what he says every time. Deke's Odd Job. So. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to deaths, villains. Yeah, conclusion, villain deaths. All right, so let's talk about a couple of deaths here, right? So obviously one of the most famous scenes in this entire movie. Skin suffocation. Yeah. Have y'all seen, like, the pictures of, like, them shooting that scene where she, like, kind of turns over and, like, the other side of her is completely just white. There's no gold on the other side of her at all. It apparently took them, <laughs> two and a, it took them like, two and a half hours to paint her. Let's let's just think about this, like, in practicality, right? Did, like, Ajab go in and, like, just... Paint her. So he knocks Bond out so badly that he can come back with a brush and some paint. Yeah. And just kill what, her. Like, what's happening here? Yes. You know, and, and they didn't get paint on the bed. They didn't get, how did this dry? There's so know? many like, questions. What? What's it's, it's just she's gold plated at this point, and there's no gold anywhere else in the room. There's no struggle here whatsoever. Like, she didn't die right away, right? What she worked. You need to paint to dry and then suffocate inside of your skin. Like, come on, what's what's happening? And it looks like she's sleeping pretty peacefully, honestly. That's why Bond has to check the. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you're sleeping or are you dead. But other than that, I mean, we got the other two villain deaths. Look, I counting that one, I scored it at a nine point oh. I enjoyed the villain deaths. Odd job getting electrocuted. Uh, Goldfinger getting sucked out of an airplane, but like yeah. hilariously got stuck a brief second because of his, uh, like of his weight. So they put a quick like fat joke in there, like oh he's too fat, he can't get through the window. He yeah. gets sucked out. That's a great villain death, but I mean, I scored it a three. The 
the Goldfinger death is just god awful. I completely disagree. It's fucking god. It's so bad for a guy, for a guy that's so good for such a good villain. It's it really that's is so it, it's so obviously a dummy. Did you ever notice any of the stuff? Let me. I'll, I'll cue it up, but I think there was an editing error because he's fighting Goldfinger, right? Now, let me pop this scene up for a second. There was the other body on the. There's a random body in there. No like, explanation. Yeah. Oh, who's this dude? <laughs> <laughs> there was Who one is more. that guy? That's the, waitress, the right? that, that's the waitress that he ordered the oh. drink from the first time, right? So when Goldfinger reveals himself from behind the curtain. Like, how did he hijack the plane? So apparently they. Uh, they straw. They wanted to have some him wearing something gold all the time. So obviously, because he put the military uniform on, they gave him a golden gun. It's no yeah. surprise to me that they decided to remake that same villain death and die another day because it's so terrible. You, you got to talk about how like the pillows and Goldfinger are just <laughs> floating around the cabin at that point. It's just like so cringeworthy, like the the yes. actual effect. I mean, and, and I'm fine with the fact that it's a bad fight sequence, right? Goldfinger is not somebody that's supposed to fight. That's not who he is. That's why he's he got pays other, He pays right. other people to do it. And it's so over the top. That's why I love it so much. They actually make a reference to, like, depressurizing the cabin when Pussy Galore is holding a gun to Bond, like, earlier yeah. in the film. Yep. Yeah, Bond explains. He's, he's got a great West death, death face here. Yeah, look at that. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I yeah. love it. That's a way better face than Rosa Klepp. This scene didn't bother me. It was a scene where they were in the vault and the time was ticking down ever so, ever so slowly that at one point it went back up before going down again. After the fact. So they originally were planning to have it at three seconds um, because Bond delivers some line of dialogue about there was three seconds left. Three they realized, after the fact in post, they realized there was a, an opportunity to make the the clock say 007 when they stopped it. He still delivers that line of dialogue and afterwards, you know, they drop the uh the, the timepiece in there. You know, for the for the penultimate death of the best Bond villain, I scored it way low. I, I don't think it was anywhere near deserving of a uh, of Auric Goldfinger. Uh, I gave it an eight. I thought the conclusion and the multiple villain deaths in here were solid. I was 8.5. I did not love the Goldfinger death, but the rest of the wrap-up of the film, I did really enjoy. All right. So a couple of quick facts. Obviously, I think we said it already before. This movie's got a body count of 62. Goldfinger is uh, Timothy Dalton and both Pierce Brosnan's favorite movie of, uh, of the entire series. In fact, this is the first one that Pierce Brosnan ever saw in theaters. You guys ready for the... Uh... The final scores here. I've got right. them up if uh, you want me to run through them. I did find some more facts, uh, Michael. Uh, I guess did not sure. want to talk about. Yeah, sure. First movie ever to be available in theaters 24 hours a day. So people were crazy enough to go to four in the morning just to see this movie due to the demand. And it was the first Bond movie that did not end at sea. I actually read that one. Even I think a few of our future movies, a lot of them do end at sea. I don't know why, but. They were lakeside, but good change. Oh. Yeah, you're right. I never noticed that. A lot of them do end like yeah, on they the walked with him in the ocean. Well, I mean, he, he was a navy man, right? He has that yeah. navy background, so that way. But we never really touch much yet on his navy background, right? Until his funeral. Wow, I didn't think about that. 
That's a good fact. So what, uh, what are our scores? All right. Coming in a tie, Trey and Supal both scored this film a 90 out of 100. After them, it was me. I scored it an 82.5 total. And last, Mike scored it a 75 out of 100. In Trey's score here, he's got plot at 9.5, Bond performance 9.5, Bond villain 9.5, Bond girl a 9. Guns, Cars, and Gadgets, 8.5. Song opening sequence, 9.1. Supporting cast, a 9. Chase fight scene, 7.9. Quotes, a 9. And conclusions and deaths, 9. Uh, myself, I've got plot at an 8. Bond performance, 8.5. Bond villain, 9.5. Bond girl, 8.5. The Guns, Cars, Gadgets, a 7.5. Song and opening sequence, an 8. Supporting cast, 7.5. Chase fight scene, an 8. Quotes, a 9. And conclusion and deaths, an 8. Mike is here at a 7.5 for plot, uh, an 8 for Bond performance, 9.5 for Bond villain, 7.5 for Bond girl, 9 for the guns, cars, and gadgets, 9 for the opening song and uh, sequence, an 8 for supporting cast, 6.5 for the chase and fight scenes, a seven for quotes and a three in conclusion and deaths. And Supal here tossing out tens like it's his job. He's uh, <laughs> got plot at a ten. He's got Bond performance at ten. Bond villain a ten. He's got Bond girl at a nine. Guns, cars, gadgets an eight. Song and opening sequence a ten. Supporting cast eight point five. Chase fight scene a seven. Quotes a nine. And conclusion and death eight point five. Like not only is it. My favorite Bond movie, overall movies, I think it falls somewhere in the top three and top five. So it's part of a 90 score. Yeah, I think um, for me, having it come in at an 82.5 is probably going to be on my higher side. Uh, before this was Dr. No and From Russia With Love, which From Russia With Love was 68 and Dr. No was a 60. So this is significantly higher than those two. I envision Goldfinger placing the top three, if not top one overall for me. So. I don't think it really gets much higher than that. I'm just a little bit more uh, harsh, I guess, on my uh, my ratings. Yeah, I mean, I got it as a for sure top three. It's probably going to be my number one, honestly. Uh, but you got arguably the, the best villain and the best Bond girl, both in the same movie. And not to mention, what a brilliant plot. Mike, any comments on your scores? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it was um, it's the highest score that I've given so far. There's probably be one or two higher. This is the top three for me. I'm just obviously a little, you know, critical of some things here and there. You know, I think you guys, you guys pretty much nailed the rest of it. Now, the last fun fact I'll, I'll give is obviously the next on our list here is Thunderball. When they originally were going to do the James Bond will appear next, it was supposed to be on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but they actually had issues securing locations in Switzerland to do the movie. So they actually flipped them around ahead of time because this is the on her majesty was supposed to be next so because they couldn't secure the locations in switzerland they ended up having to drop it in at the last minute and make the next one vulnerable it would have been interesting to see connery in uh her oh, majesty yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah because i'm assuming he had you know a certain amount of films in his contract so that one would have fell in thunderball's place and then probably lazenby would have been in thunderball then or he would have been in a bonson I don't, I don't understand. If I'm a big time actor, I'm going to get paid. If I'm getting a for sure deal with all, again, I'm not an actor, but if I'm getting a for sure deal with like another movie, if they're offering me, I'm going to do as many Bond films as I can 
That's why I don't, I, I'm over critical with Roger Moore, but I don't blame him. I mean, I'd do as many Bond films as I could too, if I'm getting paid for it. It's clearly a hit. They're on like four movies in about four and a half, five years. So like, oh, why yeah. do you want to walk away from that? Unbelievable. They don't churn sequels like that anymore. No. They're getting paid a fortune to do this. Heck yeah. And these movies are always on. Like you can see Mr. Bond talking to Pussy Galore right now. <laughs> Love it. All right. Any closing remarks? What uh, what do we got? Take us home, Mike. Hey, everybody. I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Yes. <laughs>